Welcome to our KPMG Financial Reporting podcast series, delivering fresh insights and perspectives around major accounting and financial developments on ESG reporting. We thank you for joining today. Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our latest ESG reporting podcast. My name is Julie Santoro. I'm a partner in our Department of Professional Practice here in the US and also a KPMG ESG partner. And today what we'd like to discuss is what's happening with ESG reporting in the EU and specifically how that could affect you here as a US company. So I'm very pleased to be joined today by two colleagues, Bryce Earhart, a Managing Director in the Department of Professional Practice here and also working with KPMG ESG, and then a colleague from Professional Practice in KPMG Germany, Jan Muller. So what is happening in the EU? Well, it's all about the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive that is, that is currently at provisional stage and it's working its way toward final approvals, um, also known as the CSRD. And the CSRD is set to vastly increase the scope of sustainability reporting in Europe and at the same time pull in companies, a lot of companies from outside the EU. So you could have, for example, a US parent company of an EU subsidiary being caught in scope and also US subsidiaries of EU parents. So those are just two examples. So there's really two big questions that we want to address today is how do I know if the CSRD affects me? And secondly, if it does or it could, at what levels in my organization do I have to comply with the CSRD um, if it goes through as it is in provisional stage at the moment? This is extremely complex, so we're gonna make some simplifications, but along the way, we're gonna tell you what other resources we have that you can have a look at. And also when we get to the end, where you can go and see what actual disclosures would be if you are in scope. So having said that as an introduction, let's turn it over to Bryce first. So Bryce, if you can get us started, can you please just walk us through the CSRD scoping requirements? Julie, you mentioned earlier the types of U.S. companies that could fall into the scope of the CSRD. And undoubtedly, if you fall into one of those categories, you should absolutely start thinking about the impact that CSRD can have on your organization. Of course, to do that, you need to really understand the scoping requirements. So yes, let's go through that now. And the way that I like to break them down is in two buckets. The first bucket includes the general scoping requirements, which are gonna apply to your EU-based companies. And the second is the non-EU parent scoping requirements, which is a mouthful, uh, but these are intended to apply to groups that operate outside of the EU, but conduct a substantial amount of activity in the EU. And it's important to keep in mind that US-based companies can potentially fall into the CSRD scope through either of these buckets. Let's talk about those general scoping requirements first. The general scoping requirements generally depend on a company's listing status or size. Basically, the CSRD would apply to all companies operating in the EU and their subsidiaries, 
that are considered large companies or large groups. Now, there's some specificities to how to determine whether a company is considered large, and I don't want to get into those right now. Rather, you can refer to our defining issues where we go into more detail. Now, if a company meets these criteria, they will need to issue their first CSRD compliance sustainability report in 2026, and that report will be based on data as of 2025. Now, the general scoping criteria that I just walked through can pull into the scope of the CSRD large subsidiaries of non-EU parents. That means that all EU companies will be subject to testing under this criteria, regardless of where their parent is headquartered. It's also worth mentioning that if a company meets the general scoping criteria at a consolidated level, then the entire group would be subject to the CSRD. So this is one way that a U.S. company can fall into the scope of the CSRD. But it's not the only way that U.S. companies can fall into scope. And to discuss that other way, we need to turn to those non-EU parent scoping requirements I mentioned. These scoping requirements are generally going to depend on a combination of physical presence in the EU and revenue generated in the EU. So irrespective of the general scoping criteria that I just outlined, a U.S. parent company would be subject to the CSRD if it's generated greater than 150 million euros in revenue in the EU and has at least one subsidiary that meets the general scoping criteria or at least one branch that's generated greater than 40 million euros in revenue. So where a U.S. parent company meets these requirements, their CSRD report would have to cover the entire group. Now, Julie, I should also mention here that it's a bit unclear what companies in the scope of these requirements will actually have to disclose. The exposure drafts that were released in April of 2022 are not applicable to companies that meet these scoping requirements. But what we do know is that the disclosure requirements are expected to be slightly reduced as compared to the disclosures included in those April exposure drafts. But albeit, it's still unclear what the detailed disclosures will look like. The good news, though, is that we should get a first view of what they're going to look like uh, in the first half of 2023. And we also know that they're expected to be adopted by the European Commission by the end of June 2024. Okay, thank you, Bryce. And for everybody listening, we totally appreciate that this is really, really complicated. What you want to do to go and get more information is to read our defining issues where we step through this and provide examples, etc. So now let's turn to Jan and let's have a look at the reporting exemptions. So Jan, based on what Bryce just told us about, it sounds like a lot of companies are going to be in scope. So if we think about a U.S. company that is likely to be in the scope, can you tell us what kind of uh, reporting relief there is proposed to be? Uh, yes, Julie. Similar to what we know from financial accounting, a consolidated sustainability report that is issued by a parent company can exempt all the subsidiaries included in this report if it complies with the CSRD and is subject to the same rigor of assurance. This is sometimes referred to as the, as the group exemption. The only exception to this is a subsidiary that is itself large and has its securities, debt or equity, listed at a regulated market. In this case, 
this subsidiary is not able to make use of this group exemption. Or said in a different way, these large entities with listed securities on regulated European markets will always have to present a separate sustainability report, including all their subsidiaries. So groups first need to assess which legal entities are in scope standalone, taking into account the two scoping criteria Bryce just outlined, and when the reporting requirement becomes effective for each legal entity. And then in a second step, they can think about at what level to report to make use of the group exemption where possible. Thanks, Jan. So if I get you correctly, what you just explained, I mean, that's really an option for groups that have their entire European business kind of organized into one distinct subgroup. What about groups that meet the non-EU parent scoping criteria, but they kind of have their business spread all over Europe? What, what kind of is available to them then? There is also some relief provided for cases like this. Um, so for a, for a transition period of seven years, where non-EU groups have multiple subsidiaries in scope of the CSRD, one of the largest of these subsidiaries is allowed to prepare a consolidated sustainability report that includes only those subsidiaries in scope of the CSRD, irrespective of the uh, exact structure of the group. But this is just a transition measure. From 2028 onwards, non-EU groups with significant operations within the EU, um, i.e. those that generate turnover of 150 million or more in the EU, will be in scope of the CSRD with their global operations anyway. Are there any other exemptions that non-EU groups could consider? There is one more option, however, rather theoretical at the moment. Um, the European Commission has the power to designate individual sustainability reporting frameworks or reporting regimes as equivalent to reporting under the CSRD. However, the, the European Commission have not indicated any frameworks that would be acceptable at this moment. Um, it's likely that any framework that would be considered equivalent would have to apply the double materiality concept and cover information on environmental, social and governance matters, i.e. all the ESG matters, in order to be able to count as equivalent. So the only framework that I'm aware of that might be considered equivalent would be GRI. But so far, the Commission has not made a statement that it actually will be deemed equivalent. Thanks, Jan. And staying with you for one last question, what are the next steps? How does this get through to final legislation? The CSRD is in the final stages of the legislative process. In November, the European Parliament will have to vote on it. After an EU directive is formally approved, it is published in the official journal and takes effect 20 days after that. It then needs to be transposed into national law by each individual member state, and that can take up to 18 months. At the same time, the EU is already working on the European Sustainability Reporting Standards. They had been exposed for public comment this summer and will most likely be released sometime in November. And they will then go through various European bodies to give them the opportunity to comment and will have to be adopted by the Commission no later than the 30th of June 2023. And they will take effect immediately. 
The second batch of standard is currently in preparation, so primarily the standard for non-EU parent companies to be applied from 2028, um, the standards for SMEs and sector-specific standards. They will be issued for public comment in the second quarter 2023 and then adopted by the Commission no later than 30 June 2024. Thanks, Jan, and thank you, Bryce, for taking us through an overview of the CSRD. So for everybody listening, there are now three resources that we recommend that you go and have a look at. Firstly, Bryce talked about it, our defining issues um, that talks about the CSRD and provides some examples. The second resource we have is a webcast replay where we talk in a bit more depth and the third thing, if you want to have a look at the disclosures and what is coming, we recommend that you go and have a look at our talk book with our top 10 Q&A on those disclosures. All of these resources you're going to find on KPMG Financial Reporting View. So enough from us today. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you for listening to this KPMG Financial Reporting Podcast. For more in-depth ESG-related financial reporting, developments, analysis and podcast episodes, please visit visit.kpmg.us forward slash ESG reporting and be sure to subscribe today.